Welcome, everyone. So are you tired of the same old ways of seeing things? Well, you've come to the right place. Here, we cut through the world of surface appearances and look for the light that's rare in the depths. Here, we dive into the dark waters where, where strange creatures move. Here, we're free to be that foolish knight who lunges at windmills and who lights up the world with his magical vision. It's uh, all too much, says George Harrison. That's true. But all the more reason to jump into it and intoxicate yourself with life's infinite profusion. After all, you don't discover new lands by sticking close to the shore, do you? Welcome to the wisdom of... Coming up today, Flaubert, Le Mot Juste, and Schopenhauer's philosophy of language. Let's talk about how easy it is to find all the right words in French. It's such a beautiful language, a language that, you know, to be fair, I think I speak perfectly. Like just one example, like if I were to say to you, and I'm not even going to translate it, Salut, Monsieur Policier. Arrêtez cet homme, s'il vous plaît. Il a touché mon petit cochon. Et ce n'est pas drôle. It's just beautiful. It's just pure poetry. When I'm forced to uh, speak English on this here podcast, and anyone who's heard my ever-lengthening intros, they'll know that my kind of style, my style to find le mot juste, is just throwing out as many words as possible. Anything that whizzes through my cranium, and I'm throwing it out there under the assumption that one of them out of the millions has to be the right one. No, I don't think that's what Flaubert had in mind when he said le mot juste. Am I wrong? Um, to answer your first question, absolutely none of the words you ever use is ever the right one. And um, that French, you sound awful. And why would you call a policeman over just for uh, touching your pig? It's stupid. Okay, so let's pretend that today's episode starts right now. Okay, so the French 19th century author, Gustave Flaubert, known primarily for his novel Madame Bovary, once said that in his writing he was always looking for le mot juste, the, the right or the just word. In other words, he had this ideal of, uh, of linguistic precision. He wanted to always find the right word to convey his thoughts and ideas so that his readers would get those certain precise impressions. For him, there were no such thing as synonyms. Just the exact correct word. In fact, Flaubert was so determined to find the right words that writing for him was almost always a struggle. I mean, sometimes he'd spend a, a week just to barely finish a page. This is what he, he says about writing. He says, 
Sometimes when words won't come, when I find I haven't written a single sentence after scribbling whole pages, I collapse on my couch, bogged in a swamp of despair, hating myself. Actually, no, that the great British novelist, Joseph Conrad, we did an episode on his book, uh, The Heart of Darkness. He expressed something very similar when it came to this issue of, uh, of creative torment. On the topic of the, uh, of the mot juste, this is what he said about his writing process. He said, I writhe in doubt over every line. I ask myself, is it right? Is it true? Do I feel it so? Do I express all my feeling? I perspire in incertitude over every word. Okay, so you, you get the idea. The precision and the, the fidelity of language is absolutely essential and, uh, and painstaking for these two writers. Okay, well, so Flaubert and Conrad weren't the only ones to articulate these concerns and to express the importance of the, uh, of the precise nature of language. The, the great German philosopher, Schopenhauer, someone who, who influenced Conrad, by the way, also had quite a bit to say about the philosophy of language. And uh, here I'm thinking about two essays that he wrote, one called On Authorship and Style, and the other On Language and Words. So, it's interesting because Schopenhauer, in a way, would agree with Flaubert and Conrad, but would also have much deeper reservations about the reliability of language. Okay, so, what do I mean by this? Okay, well, for starters, Schopenhauer talks about the importance of writing in a, in a chaste or, or non-elaborate way. And uh, that's important for him because it's only by writing in a, in a chaste way that we stay nuanced and exact and clear about our words. For example, Schopenhauer references and follows Voltaire in claiming that adjectives are the enemies of nouns. They just render things more obscure, and they conceal a poverty of ideas, he says. And uh, he says elsewhere that, that those writers who put together difficult and fancy words, well, they do this because ultimately they don't really know what it is they want to say. Actually, no, this reminds me of, uh, of Nietzsche's great quote on academics who, who obscure with their words. They muddy the waters to make it look deep, he says. You know, um, all this reminds me of an experience that I had when I was doing my uh, graduate work. So, a bunch of us were working on our um, PhD dissertations. And uh, this one guy, he said that he had finished the whole thing already, way before anyone else. Now, I remember thinking, wow, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. And so one day I, I went up to him and asked him what he wrote about. Well... He spent the next ten minutes spewing out a, a litany of fancy words and jargon, most of which I hardly recognized. And uh, I left thinking, I don't think he knows what he's doing. Well, sure enough, he may have been the, uh, the first one to submit his work, but he was also the only one to have it rejected. But anyway, okay, so clarity and uh, simplicity for Schopenhauer is important. But that said, though, ultimately for him, it's still not enough. 
Despite being nuanced about the choice of our words, our language can still fail us, he thinks. And that's because our language may not contain all the, um, the different shades and colors we need to express what it is we want to say. In other words, it may not always quite capture le mot juste. Well, so what's uh, Schopenhauer's solution here then? Well, it's to learn different languages. It's to become multilingual. And uh, from what I know, Schopenhauer himself knew at least English and German and, and French and Latin. And uh, it's interesting. He seems to have thought that the, uh, the older languages had more to offer us than the newer ones. Anyway, the point is, is that by learning other languages, we might be able to overcome the deficiencies of our own. In other words, for Schopenhauer, all languages on their own are only partial or, or unfinished. And so by having access to, to more of them, and so to a greater variation of words, we compensate for that deficiency. I mean, um, after all, as uh, Schopenhauer says, for every word in one language, there is no exact equivalent for it in another. That's why knowing the words of other languages is, is so important. It's because they're all unique and point to a slice of reality that only they can capture. And um, it's interesting. Elsewhere, Schopenhauer says that, that in a way, learning another language is like freeing ourselves from the clothes that we always wear and to inhabit different ones. And uh, I think what he partly means by this is that Learning another language sets us free from our predetermined way of thinking about things, one that's due to being uh, locked inside our native tongue. So it's not just then that becoming multilingual gives us access to more words, and so to potentially the right word, but also that becoming multilingual can change our entire way of thinking about things. It can alter our very perspectives and outlooks on life. I mean, after all, Schopenhauer does explicitly say how much we don't realize that our everyday thinking and outlooks don't actually come from us, but from our own mother tongue. Well, again, if that's true, then by learning new languages, we set our thinking free to explore new vistas and perspectives. Okay, well, so, so, so far Schopenhauer is, um, is someone in line with Flaubert's ideal of uh, le mot juste. It's just that, for him, for Schopenhauer, knowing other languages is important in this quest for finding the right words for things. But, that said, as much as uh, Schopenhauer admires this, he's ultimately ambiguous about any such success. And that's because, for him, languages, words... At the end of the day, they're, they're superficial and they, they just can't connect to or capture the real essence of things, the, uh, the ultimate nature of being. In other words, there's an impassable gulf between words and the essence of reality. Now, that's not to say that, uh, that language isn't practical. It is. It often does the job of, uh, of communicating what is basically the rough approximation of things. But, again, what it can't do is capture the real nature or essence of something. No, 
ultimately, language is just too static and, uh, and rigid and too removed to capture that. Okay, well, so if language fails here, what can communicate the, the deepest truths then? What can give us access to these truths in an unmediated and therefore reliable way? Well, for Schopenhauer, the answer is music. And that's because what music speaks of is not of shadows, but of the essence. Music embodies the, the very inner being of the world. It expresses the, uh, the in itself of things. So music is not one of the many deficient languages that we speak. No, it's the one true, timeless, universal one, understood by everyone. Huh, who would have thought it? That it's all right there, not on the page, but in the melody. Listening to the Wisdom of Podcast. If you want to know more about this topic or the podcast in general, visit wisdomofpod.com. 